And welcome back, everybody, to the freaking awesome podcast. And this is episode 53. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Let's kill that bass head. Let's do this. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mics, we gotta let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know. Having a good time on the show, T-Bows and Maddie G. Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAP. Welcome back, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Bose, and sitting virtually across from me is my uh, sometimes running late co-host, Matty G. How are you doing today, Matty? Hey, hey, I'm just early for next episode. That's right. Boy, you're uh, at least ahead of time for that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, excellent. Uh, without uh, chatting to you too much, because you wasted your time, I'm going to push things right over and tell everybody that we are in the presence of royalty today. Uh, we have a, an amazing guest, and uh, he is an American musician, a technologist, an entrepreneur, and philanthropist. Uh, he is known for his saxophone and rhythm guitar work with Pink Floyd, Supertramp, and Toto. Uh, he is also uh, an adjunct professor for the U University of Southern California Thornton School of Music. That's amazing, and uh, and not to mention he has a, a, an amazing new. Uh, interactive or an immersive musical I think experience and uh today we have scott page scott thanks for, uh, very much for joining us today yay i've been waiting for scott page on your show no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how is everybody that was that was quite an intro my friend thank um, you very much royal well I, I i don't think I, I can actually say i don't think it's myself so much royalty but i i can say i've been around a lot of rock royalty that's for sure wow getting to play with a lot of folks but yeah there's a thank you very much for the kindness though. oh definitely you know you're you're even if you, if you think it's rock by us or royalty by uh, association uh, you know uh your your killer uh sax chops uh makes you royalty alone oh thank you very yeah, much that's amazing i i was uh i got to, a chance to uh watch some uh some videos uh of you playing uh with pink floyd and it's just it's amazing i gotta tell you and, and actually we had a, a young artist on the show not too too long ago uh mike ruby who is also a saxophonist and he's uh more of like a a pop singer now but uh you know when i had mentioned to him you just don't find good saxophone music in in a lot of bands today and i think it's like something that's just completely missing out of today's genres yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, what's actually funny, if you think about it, a lot of the songs, they don't really have solos in them anymore, mm -mm. right? If you listen not to most of the music, yeah. there's not really solo sections with guitar players playing along solo and stuff. So the form has really changed. It's kind of back-to-back -back vocals with little interludes and things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know it's a drag. I wish there was more saxophone. I mean, there's some great saxophone players out there these days. Uh, that's the beauty of YouTube. You're seeing some of these young artists that are coming up and they're mind blowing. There's like some kid, I can't think of his name right now. He's like 11 years old and he's playing, you know, John Coltrane solos wow. note for note at, you know, at 140 beats per minute. Stuff. And you're going, how do you do that at 11? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of great saxophone players. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I um I got to say there's it's good to know that there's still uh, some of the younger generations that are interested in uh instruments like the saxophone uh, versus everybody who just wants to pick yep. up a guitar and, and drums and uh and kind of keep uh moving so uh, to see uh you know the brass and the woodwinds and everything still out there and being part of that rock and roll experience is is quite nice. Uh but it's it's nothing like the 80s. I mean the 80s had, you had flaming saxes everywhere. <laughs> You know? Hey man, if Hollywood can reboot all the old movies, why can't there be a resurgence in, in you know, musicality? Yeah. Huh? Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, yeah, because, I mean, music has gotten to a point where it's, it's so, uh, you know, like when we go make records now, I go in and I'll throw a couple couple takes down and they'll say, that's fine. I said, well, wait a minute, look, what do you mean? Don't worry about it. We'll just take it and flip it, twist it, tune it, <laughs> make it, wow. they fix it up. They can basically make anything work. Now. <laughs> Scott, you know. Scott just comes in with a smarty box, blows into it, and they're like, yep, it's gold. We'll take care of it. <laughs> That's good. That's fine. They'll just throw me through some kind of processor and make it good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, back in the day when we were making most of our records, you know, you had to play top to bottom and put solos on very little, what they call punching in and fixing parts. You know, you had mm-hmm. to muster up the energy and try to make sure you got a good solo down that felt good and had some soul. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that's so great about and why uh, so much of the old music still stands the test of time, right? It's yeah. Because we weren't victims of overchoice, which I think we are today. You go in the studio, like I said, and, you know, you've got not, we used to just have, you know, anywhere when we first started eight tracks and 16 tracks and 24 tracks. And now it's just, unlimited amount of tracks and you can tune the things that aren't in tune you can fix the time on things oh it's a totally different world and especially the part that i miss the most is you know some of the great little mistakes that you would make became were such valuable parts of records in those days yeah yeah you know they were like little hand little acts of god and now that all gets mixed out uh, because you know that solo button, and I, which I say is the most dangerous button on the recording console, you know, <laughs> because then you can really hear what you actually played. Yep. You know, we was, when we do records, you know, you go in and cut a track, and you'd go, "Wow, it's really good," you know. And you get up the next day, you go listen to, it, you say, "Ah, it's really smoking." Let, let me hear the bass, and you you solo the bass, and you go, "Ah, you know that bass is a little bit out of tune. We should fix that." Yep. And then you start fixing it, and you don't realize you just took all the soul out of the record. Yeah. Yeah, because it was something about that spontaneity that happened. But yeah, it's a, it's a different time making records today. That's for sure. Yeah. Do do you feel like um, that that's maybe another thing that attributes to people's uh, lack of attention span is is just like you had said, like we've gotten rid of solos. There used to be like three and four minute like guitar or or saxophone or vocal solos that they're just gone now. Like nobody seems to have like the ability to to listen to a song for more than four minutes. Yeah, I mean, there's no question attention span has changed like crazy, right? I mean, we're now at that generation of just little bite-sized things. Now, to say that, there's actually a new trend of like longer form things are now starting to take form, are starting to take some, uh, get some real traction. You know, you can look at the data and see, especially some of these, you know, long blog posts Mm -hmm. are actually doing better than a lot of the short ones. But you're correct, you know, the attention span with social media, all these little bite-sized, you know, 15 second videos, that whole world has kind of really changed the, you know, the way people listen and think today. No question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, because our attention span is also short, let's uh, change things over and jump into the news there, Matty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. I will uh, go first. Okay. So article reads, Panera Karen wonders how masks work if pants don't contain farts. 
What? what, what? <laughs> what? Say that. Read that one, one more time. One more okay. time. What was that? So, <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll just get into the article okay. and it'll take its own form. All right, so, all right. um, uh, so uh, COVID Karen, they're they're deeming her, um, or Panera Karen, a California woman who has some bizarre things to say about face masks. Uh, a video was taken Monday at a Panera Bread location in Chico. The woman is seen filming her interaction with staff. In it, a man behind her expresses his displeasure of her refusing to wear a mask. Just put on the mask and don't be a moron. Uh, get out of here. You're so selfish. The woman turns, blows air in his direction, and tells him to relax. Uh, a second person tells her to grow up. Yeah. A woman then walks away but doesn't leave before gaslighting the situation. Quote, you think the mask is going to protect you? You fart out your ass. You can smell it out your ass. You think a mask is going to protect you? End quote. <laughs> fair enough. Kind of true, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, right? Fair enough. I, 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 know, I noticed that like I was walking through the market the other day and all of a sudden you're like smelling like these things are going like are you kidding me somebody just walked by me and i smelled this massive cologne and you're wondering well the virus <laughs> right it makes no sense <laughs> and it's been, like, especially these little masks moly. you know these t-shirt things yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, that was very descriptive of her to explain though i thought that was very nice yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's true now i mean i guess this really comes down this is the whole argument about wearing a proper mask versus uh you know just putting on a, a bandana or tying a piece of cloth around you uh you know the the proper medical masks uh of course have uh you know micro filtration and everything like that it's supposed to catch things um now and I, you know what i can so my my uh my daughters do horseback riding lessons and, and uh, when i go and part of the thing for them to be able to do the lessons is we as adults have to wear masks to to help them get ready and everything and every time i come out uh because i use the medical grade mask i take it off and it's completely brown from the amount of i'm assuming horse crap that is flying around and it must be like the micro particles so wow it, it must work you know versus like that that bandana which truly is is no different than wearing a pair of underpants on your head so exactly <laughs> yeah. you know i mean it's so this whole mask thing is so fascinating because there's been so much different information on does it work? It doesn't work. I mean, even Fauci came out in the beginning and said, ah, you know, maybe it'll help maybe 1% or 2%. And then, no, now we got to wear a mask, you know? So it's really, it's so interesting that we're not getting real information. It feels like we're getting so many conflicting uh, uh, messages about that thing. Right. And so, yeah, it's definitely hard to imagine some of these little bandana masks are really actually doing much, but it's probably more about, people just being reminding them to stay away and things. Although when you're in the markets and in these places, people pretty much stay away, but they're not like, you know, worried about six feet. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right. My article today, uh, I've got a couple of short ones, uh, which is great because uh, we've got lots of questions for Scott. And my first one is titled spider blamed for car crashing into boats at the yacht club. Uh, so <laughs> here's something you don't see every day. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so a 19 year old, uh, driver was basically claimed that a spider had fallen onto her. She panicked and couldn't stop her car, which ran through a parking lot over a curb, over a dock and ended wedged between two boats in the LaSalle Yacht Club in Niagara Whoa. Falls. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, now the there is video footage of this and, and pictures and, uh, it is, absolutely insane and and the whole 
basically bottom line was a spider landed on the girl. The guy, a girl freaked out and landed between two boats <laughs> with her with her Chevy. <laughs> You'd think, you know, a spider lands. Do you forget how your foot goes to the brake? Right. <laughs> when that you would think like, oh, my God, I put my foot on the brake. And yeah. like, that would be the first thing you would do. You right? would, you you would, would like, do a hard, <laughs> a hard jerk over, hit the brakes and jump out of the car if it was something that bothered you that much. Not hit the gas in the hope that, the what, the spider's going to fly into the back seat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking you with me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Jeez. So super short. <laughs> Those uh, black humans. Yeah, exactly. Luckily, nobody was hurt. Um, but you should see yeah. the picture of the boats because it landed on the front of one of the boats. It's completely destroyed. Like the car is halfway into the boat, <laughs> and uh, and wow. the other side was on the on the the other half. It's also basically sitting on a pier pole. Like it, the, the, it's just a it's a mess. Um, so, so I wonder what the insurance claim is on that. How does that work? Right. I, I mean, she has been charged with <laughs> reckless driving. Um, yeah, I mean, and and what is the, is there insurance for stupidity? Like, I don't think so, man. No, because no. if, if it was an animal, it's act of God. Yeah, exactly. But but right. these these boats. Uh, so of course, this whole thing is is a viral video that has now had over a hundred thousand views in the uh, in the short time sure. that this has happened. But um, yeah, the, I I would imagine being a boat owner alone, uh, the damage to the boats were probably between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars. Just, just looking at oh, what yeah, I'm seeing. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a, I was a boat owner for many years. I guarantee it was fifty to one hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Everything, everything on a boat costs a lot yeah, of money. That's just yeah, for the paint crazy. job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let alone yeah. at one point having to reconstruct half the bow of the boat. <laughs> oh yeah, um, well, you know that that means you got to get it pulled out, brought into the yard, fixed. I mean, it gets very expensive. Yeah, and sure. trust me, those guys they know at the boat yard they really know how to make you. Write some checks. Oh yeah, yeah. The craning out is over like thirteen hundred dollars alone, right there. (laughs) Yeah, easy. Yep, easy for sure. All right, Maddie, do you have anything else in the news? I do. So this one, I I had to do some research to figure out if it was real or not because I just did not believe it when I read it. Okay. So KFC and Crocs do a collaboration, and it turns out to be a huge (laughs) success. Oh no. So the the. The, the article reads, they're finger-kicking good. <laughs> yeah. um, so a bizarre collaboration between KFC and footwear company Crocs has been a huge success. KFC says its fried chicken-scented shoes sold out in less than 90 minutes. The limited-edition shoes sold quickly. This was Tuesday, so two days ago. Even though they went for $60 U.S. a pair and they look like a bucket of fried chicken and smell like fried chicken, um, and then KFC donated three dollars from each sale um, to scholarship funds. I I was like, "There's what well, is wrong with everyone?" <laughs> well, here's the deal. Wait a minute, you're talking to the wrong guy. I am the biggest Crocs advocate in the world. I have my Crocs on right now. <laughs> the greatest shoe that ever lived. And if I could have one that would that tasted like fried chicken, I think I'd be ordering them. <laughs> well, get onto the well, website and get your pre-order in. I, I think that there I is there there is a um, I think a misreading or a miswriting in that. I think it's they smell like fried chicken and feet. That's disgusting. <laughs> like, I mean, how long do you walk in that until it just like reeks? And you're like, well, now I can't eat fried chicken because all it smells like is feet now. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm just wanting to know what the guy is thinking when he comes home and he takes his shoes off and puts them up to his face. Right? <laughs> just that. I mean, what do you do? I mean, I got shoes that smell like fried chicken. Do I get up every morning and I eat them? Or do I wake up in the morning with my shoes next to the bed and go, hmm, fried chicken? Right. I feel like now I've, I would have shoes that just made me fat. <laughs> like, I'd be like, well, now I want fried chicken. I got to have fried chicken all the time. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, you know, what's interesting about it, though, yeah. from a business model, it's actually very fascinating because, I mean, when you said that, it's like what they did is they mashed two things that would never go together. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. They, they basically mash. And that's the world we live in from a business point of view, you know, is basically mashing things together. That's what we do with, with Think is like looking at things that have been popular in other ways and mashing multiple things together to create something new. And there's no question, a shoe that smells like chicken is definitely something new. Nah, and, sure. you know, there's always like, there's a, what is it, uh, uh, P.T. Barnum said, there's always a, there's a sucker out there. <laughs> yeah. There's a sucker born every moment. Yeah. Right? Sucker born every so, minute. Fascinating. They sold those out. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, crazy I, I would imagine it would be like the deep south, right? Like lots of people who love fried yeah. chicken. Um so what would I you... want to know who the guy that thought about that in the ad agency. Right. They walked right? in and said, hey, I got an idea. I got something that's <laughs> going to blow your mind. You're not going to believe this. It's going to be the best thing for your brand. We're going to sell tons of them in the chicken. <laughs> we're going to blow up your brand, right? Yeah. We're going to take a shoe and make it smell like a chicken, and we're going to get crocs. I mean, that's crazy. See, I, that? I completely see it the other way around. I see it that some guy got oh. extremely high and was staring at his feet for more than five minutes. It was like, oh, man, these shoes are so comfortable. Damn, now I feel like chicken. Chicken <laughs> shoes, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> oh, or, or the guy that was working in, inside, works at KFC, yep. was wearing his Crocs, and then took them home and smelled them and said, ah, Jesus, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go sell this to them. Ah, good idea. Either way, there is, smelling there is one lazy person out there who's made a lot of money out of this <laughs> crazy the pet rock we reinvented right yep exactly <laughs> i love it so crazy. disgusting yeah <laughs> all right um so for the uh for the next thing in 2020 who had zombie bugs anybody have that one oh, no great. okay yeah nope. all zombie, right zombie bugs yep yep exactly mm. so the don't know those what is well, the newest thing, actually, uh, scientists have discovered zombie cicadas in uh, in by, by basically in uh, West Virginia. So what has uh. happened is there's this breed of, of cicada that has gone into some type of um, uh, like a spore. And it has uh, uh -huh. basically affected the bug to the point where parts of the bug will fall off and it will continue to survive where it could actually survive like without like 90% of its body and, and continue living. Uh, they've got pictures wow. of like this bug that is like missing chunks of it. And uh, what happens is the spore actually makes the, uh, or I think it's a fungus, a spore come from a fungus. And um, it then makes the males uh, kind of do this, this breeding thing, this breeding dance or, or thing with its wings that attracts more males. And then they continue to, uh, uh, transfer the, this, the spore across. And, uh, yeah, now huh. there's these bugs that are, are still effective and, and diseased and falling apart as they're continue to live. Wow. So, yeah. That's, that is some, terrifying. That's some wacky science. 
Yeah, right. That's some wacky, uh, wacky nature. Nature, man. That that is one powerful thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was speaking to someone wow. the other day about uh, you know how our things are going and, and yeah, with the way things are going with this pandemic, um, how uh, mm-hmm. things are kind of like becoming more remote. People are staying from home. I work from home. Matt works from home. Uh, you know, I I had picked up um, an Oculus uh, virtual reality system thing because I was thinking, you know, it's going to be Ready Player One in in no time, where where everybody is oh, yeah. now working and socializing through VR the way things are going. Like if things can't somehow clean up and, and stop spreading this, uh, this pandemic, like it, it's just, um, you're going to be living in VR. So, you know, then it made me think when I saw this article, well, maybe walking dead, isn't that far off. It starts with the bugs and the moves to everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you never know. Well, yeah, there's no question. Like what we've seen, uh, in just the last, we saw basically five years go by in four months. Yeah. In technology. We've seen this massive shift. We always knew, you know, I'm a, I'm a technologist and I've always, we, you know, all of us in the community, we know that we're moving towards what we call hives, which is the, is the concept of groups. Mm-hmm. You know, today in the business, if you want to survive, you've got to build a hive. We got, you know, everybody's moving into these, this now world of where we're using Zoom, you know, and it's mm-hmm. actually very interesting that, you know, people are walking around. I'll like sit around. I'll be watering my backyard and I got three of my friends or four of my friends on FaceTime. One of them's cooking, another one's hanging out and everybody sort of hangs out. And what I was finding was, is it was pretty satisfying. Yep. You know, it wasn't, you know, it was more like, wow, we're actually hanging out and a little bit, even though we're not together. So I think you're seeing so much of that now, that change. We're moving into that world. Now you see Facebook and Twitter and uh, Google all saying you're going to stay, you can stay home and work from home now. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're moving into the Jetson age. We got like, you know, it was like what I call, you know, BC before COVID, now going into AC. Uh, <laughs> everything has shifted. Yep. You know, this is a whole new planet that we're at and the way the way we're going to operate is just totally different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the big three drivers that changed everything, bandwidth, storage and horsepower, uh, you know, and look at us. We're on a, you know, talking, you got a worldwide broadcast network in the palm of your hand. Yep. Exactly. Right. Which is crazy. So this is all moving. You know, we're moving into this world and this definitely pandemic has changed everything in that sense. And we're going to see all types of new business models and things coming out of that. Mm-hmm. No doubt. You know, I, I often tell uh, Matt, uh, because of my age, uh, you know, I've seen that incline and rise of technology. And I can only imagine with, with yourself, uh, I mean, you've been a part of so many different ventures, uh, you know, even with the uh, the audio video uh, post-production scene. And, uh, and and I think you were even in uh, like the, the video game industry, weren't you? With like a inter- Interactive CD ROM. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I yeah, I started a company called Seventh Level uh, back in the day, along with Bob Ezrin, who was you know produced all the Pink Floyd stuff, you know, major record producer. We started this company, mm-hmm. and I actually my one of my favorite things and the thing I'm most proud of is I myself, along with a guy named Richard Merrick, we uh, designed, directed, and produced the world's first interactive cartoon. So I've been dealing with technology back when it was Windows 386, 25 megahertz machines, like really with four meg of RAM when we were having to build programs where with four meg of RAM, you could basically, you know, Windows would eat up two and a half meg. You'd have one and a half meg to create, you know, create imagery and all that. We had to come up with all kinds of tricky ways to, you know, build engines that would use reusable animations and all types of stuff. But yeah, I've been around through the whole technology space because, you know, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I remember the day when I 
you know, got my driver's license in high school and mm-hmm. my, you know, my mom said, okay, I got my car, drove away and there was no cell phones. No. There was no anything. Right. Yeah. So you just were, you were free. Yeah, yeah. And I just started realizing how incredible to have been able to have experienced a time where that was like really true freedom because mm-hmm. we weren't connected. Right. You know, now we have the machine basically. And I believe what's happening now is man is clearly merging with the machine. Yes. It's starting out with us holding it in our hand. It goes everywhere with us. We refer to it. We're watching it. We're connected to it. It's talking to us all day long. And now, you know, they're starting experiments with putting chips in people. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's, we are moving towards that world of singularity that, you know, uh, Kurzweil had always talked about yeah. where the machine and the man is merging. And I think we're seeing that now accelerated at an extraordinary yeah. pace. And it's funny that you're bringing so, that yeah, up it's because someone had uh, I've actually seen a lot of articles reading about how this covid pandemic was actually created, it was man made created so that Bill Gates could chip us all. <laughs> it's an article. It is. No, no. Remember, if you go back, if you go search the web right now, go, you know, Google, you know, go to YouTube mm-hmm. and talk, go look for Ted uh, from Ted Talks, Bill Gates talking about vaccination. He talks about that. Yep. He actually talks. I mean, this is like five, six, seven, eight years ago. He's been talking about it. Remember, he's a futurist and he sees where a lot of these things are going. And there's no question that, you know, we've got nanotechnologies now that are like small that can be put into vaccinations and, you know, they can put these little machines into your body. And, you know, there's a lot of talk. And, you know, there's even there was actually just the other day, which is funny, it was pulled down because it was on the CDC site talking about how 5G and uh, COVID mm-hmm. and stuff are all connected, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there's all this conversations that have been going on for a long time on how communications can connect with you and, you know, these tiny little chips and all that. So, I mean, these things are not so conspiracy and so far-fetched because a lot of this stuff has been talked about for a while. So, you know, you think about it, you know, with medicines, they were talking about, you know, these chips that could basically go in and find things out in your body and fix things in your body based yep. on little robots, mm-hmm. right? They're, their nano robots and yep. technology. So this is all futuristic stuff. And it's very interesting how so much of this is actually starting to really happen. Yeah. They're already putting chips in people in Switzerland or Sweden. They're testing those things out. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really going to be a direct to consumer where <laughs> the internet connects to you. I mean, we're yep. seeing money go away now. Everything is moving away and everything's being connected. We're constantly surveilled. I mean, if you think about what's happening right now with what's going on, we are two things that are going on that is really kind of very fascinating in the world is we're self-censoring ourselves mm-hmm. through the PC movement, right? We're, we're basically, nobody's talking anymore, right? Yep. They don't want to talk because there's all this war going on in between each other. The media is completely dividing us and doing very interesting things if you pay attention. Uh, so we see those things starting to happen. So we're, 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 we're moving into a whole new world, brothers and sisters. This is going to be a very interesting ride. But at the same time, I think there's, this is going to be one of the most exciting times for entrepreneurs ever yeah. that I've ever seen. Yep. I mean, I can't think about, there's so many problems that need to be solved now and so many new ways that things are going to have to be done and dealt with. It's just like with me and our company and with Think Experience, we were, our, we're an experience. Uh, our company was all based on creating experiences and that's because we found that you can't sell music anymore. And mm-hmm. what can you sell? You can sell an experience and you can sell the relationship and the lifestyle and the yep. products that go along with that. But music is not sellable. So we were in the experience space. And so now our whole thing is really reinventing what is live going to be like now and 
the fact that we can now have this technology where it's not just live streaming, but people need to realize it's live two-way streaming. Yes. So I can bring people into the into the into our shows. So we just did an experiment uh, where we set up on a sound stage, and we had LED video walls, lighting, all that. But I had them put up 18 uh, 80 inch video monitors, and we brought the entire crowd in through Zoom and put it around the band. Wow. So we actually played to our audience. They were all there live and we could interact with them and talk to them and stuff. And it was very interesting experience. Right. And then we're seeing the other option. The other thing that's exciting is really the concept of delivery services. Yes. Because now everybody's getting into delivery service. And so I can now deliver services to them that actually tie to my live stream and kind of create a home experience. So I think there's new models that are basically reinventing the entertainment industry. And for us, we're focused on that. And you can see there's just tons of other whole bunches of problems and situations that need to be dealt with. Uh, so I think the entrepreneurial spirit's going to be uh, really flying now in a lot of ways. For, for sure. For sure. You know, I, I, I do have to, to say right now, uh, both uh, Matty G and I come from an IT background, so I have no doubt Matty G is vibrating with an amount of questions for you uh, because you're probably one of the first guests that we've had that not only comes from the music industry, entertainment industry, but actually has some credible, um, you know, technology background and experience. So uh, I'm, I, <laughs> it's like I can feel Matty from well, like, oh, my God, I've got so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just curious, like related to to your career i was curious about uh, one of the questions i wanted to ask that's specific to you is um did your passion for technology and innovation come before your love of music or was it after or, and and how how did you go about you know learning how to blend them together well you know it's interesting i came from a musical family my, i grew up on a television show called the lawrence welk show I don't know if you remember that. My father was on that show for 15 years. It was early television, so I was around the television scene. Around that, my father was a serial entrepreneur. We had both businesses, lighting businesses, candy businesses. We had 26 donut shops at one time. Uh, and then he oh, also wow. was one of the invent, was one of the inventors of the Wawa pedal. Oh, you know, the famous musical yeah. pedal. My dad started amplified instruments. And then I don't know if you heard of the recording studio Sound City, mm -hmm. which Dave mm -hmm. rolled did a thing well that was my dad's studio so i grew up in sound city oh, wow. and it was originally called the vox sound Lab. so i had been around business and stuff all my life and uh but I, I and i started out to be an architect and really wasn't in the into the music business all i did it because my dad was in the business and he always said you know do it for fun on the weekends and you know because i, so I kind of kept playing and then i got into a band with jeff Picaro and david page and all those guys which became toto later on mm -hmm. uh and that was a kid band and that really changed my life really got me into the music side of things so i started out in the music uh, in the music playing but studied to be in art and design and then i just got fell back in love with music then turned everything into music just started 24 7 music studying privately lessons and all of that but i always had that uh, in that love for the concept of business. So I, my whole thing is I love business and I feel that that's an art as much as the art is an art because there's an art to business. So I try to combine those two things and, you know, I'm on my uh, fourth startup company and I've had a couple that were very successful. One that I got pummeled in, uh, killed in the night, 2000 and, uh, eight or nine downturn in the marketplace. And, uh, but I've got a new company now, which is think and we're experimenting, but yeah, I love both. And I just really fell in love with the technology side. I had, um, I got, I started seeing, uh, you know, the CD-ROM 
market start to happen, right? I saw tech start to happen, and I started hanging out in the cyberpunk scene myself. Nice. I did a, I did a, it actually happened. I did a CD-ROM called Music Bytes, which was the first uh, uh, computer uh, a program designed for computer users to put music on their presentations for like PowerPoint and all that. Mm-hmm. So I was contracted to do this CD-ROM, and uh, I brought in you know, all the Toto guys and Super Tramp guys and everybody we played. We did this thing for this deal. And myself, along with Jeff Baxter uh, from the Doobie Brothers, if you know Jeff, yeah. we were he was on this thing with me. We were promoting at Comdex, which was this big computer show in Vegas. And uh, we were showing this CD-ROM for computer users and stuff. And I looked across the room and I saw this screen and it had a color you know, this coding. I said, so on our break, I walked over to it and I said, what is that? And it was a, it was a, uh, a, a, a program for children called Just Gram on Me. And it was one of the very first programs. And it was the first time I'd seen somebody click on an object on the computer screen. It moved. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, that's the coolest thing in the world. And I had been working on sound and picture with a thing I called visual sound and a way of you know putting microphones on people and using zooming microphones and this whole thing. So I was very much into the in- innovativeness and technology side. But I saw that. That completely changed my life. And then I just started hanging in the cyber scene, hanging with the technology, hanging out with Timothy Leary and all those guys back in the day and uh, really just got connected into the technology and saw my future was really the combination of technology and uh and the entertainment space is where i wanted to go and i figured there was a big opening because the conversation between artists and the tech world is really tough because in technology it's either on or off it's either yes or no there's no gray area you know in art you know we throw something up and we try it and then we we mix we try it differently we experiment in a technology, the engineers need to have it exact. Yeah. They don't want to know what's, what's maybe because they can't program a maybe. Although with quantum computing, we're now getting into that. But up till this point, you know, it's all binary. <laughs> so uh, I kind of really got involved yep. in that. Yeah. yeah. So I got involved in that and I met my business partner, George Grayson, who was the founder, was the, the time running the 20th largest software company in the United States. And, uh, we hit it off and that's how I started seventh level and brought Bob Ezra and we started doing all this interactive stuff. And I did that whole series of little Howie titles, which was with Howie Mandel, which is an educational set of titles, which we, Toon Land, which was that interactive cartoon educational piece. Yeah. We sold 11 million units of that, which was a big, a big seller. It was one of the biggest selling CD-ROMs in history. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so I got really tied into the technology. So I love both of it. And that's what I teach at USC is mm-hmm. uh, kind of the combination of, of business and um, art, right? If today, if you want to be in the business, you've, you've got to be is it a business or a hobby? If it's a business, we need to start thinking like a business. And I teach lean startup principles and all those types of things. So my love became started music, but I was surrounded by, to answer your question, surrounded by uh, 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 innovation and uh, the fun of basically building businesses. So I combined the both two together. And that's kind of what I did. You know, actually, when I was out on Pink Floyd, when we were out on tour. One of my deals I negotiated with them was having access to the phone so I could call back because I had a company called Walt Tucker that was running all the time. So I was, uh, you know, been an entrepreneur for many years and loved the space mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Was that now, a short answer? 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, a great answer. answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great answer. Yeah. I have to. I want to ask you actually now with with um, Think Experience and this new project that you've been working on. What do you see right now as your biggest technological um, hurdle that you you think if if I if we can clear this um, this this gives so much more room for this this product or this new this new thing to breathe. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I think, you know, where we're at right now is, uh, you know, we did our experiments because I'm big on testing and validating and experiment, experimenting before we throw money at it, right? So the mm-hmm. biggest was, is, you know, I said, we definitely need to bring the audience in. So the, for us right now, I'm really working on the, what is the tech infrastructure that needs to be done? So if you think of Think, Think is really a, it's an entertainment company, but it's a it's a tech company at the same time. So we're we're designing the technology stack for the live experience and streaming experience to all combined together. And then that's also tied to the audience management part of the platform, right? So Okay. So you see this as a whole package that you would kind of own you would be a leader in that industry of the whole of of it'd be kind of proprietary software to you. You wouldn't leverage something like a partnership with Zoom well, no, or something like that? No, I'm leveraging everything. No, see, I believe okay. everything. So the companies I've had, we've been building. We built all our own software and mobile messaging networks and all that. Well, right now, there's so many good tools and things out there that I think that it's more of an integration and yeah. maybe writing a little bit of middleware, you know, having access to APIs and things where we can add our own two cents. But, we're you know, we're looking at a whole variety of technologies you know i'm looking at the new tricaster which is a by new tech which is an incredible incredible broadcasting system tied with you you know live you which is this you know the kind of software that gives you a bonded cellular and uh you know ip network kind of a model that way you know that's what they use on like jimmy kimmel and you know all the television shows so that people can broadcast homes but you got to you know you know uh, a guaranteed uptime because of satellite links and things like that so we're building out that and exactly what that infrastructure is, but it's all the workflow from people signing up to the, you know, hey, I want to be part of this experience. Okay, uh, which 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 you're going to buy a premium service so that you're part of the in live stream. Okay, that's a certain price, and then okay, you just want to watch or oh, you want to sign up for our delivery that ties to the concert concert series, and that's another piece. So it's really the the whole infrastructure, but it's really I'm more interested nowadays. Because I don't really want to be in the tech business in the same way where I have to have, you know, 20 engineers and a whole bunch of people working and managing that whole aspect. I'd rather leverage the things that are out there. But finding those technologies that allows that have the hooks in them that we can basically extend and kind of grow from there. So, you know, so right now our thing is really working on that two-way piece, right? Because it's the it's we can bring people in. But then there are certain things and how many people you can bring in. How do we put them in which rooms? How do we do all that? That's the that's the tricky part. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's all very solvable and we can deliver a ex- very good experience because there's some really good tech and stuff out there now. Okay. Now, I, I do have to. I, I know we are very limited for time today and uh, we normally have our 20 questions with Matty G. I want to actually forgo those uh, just because we are getting close on our time uh, uh, kind of stretch okay. here. But I do have uh, another couple quest questions. One, actually, just because uh, sure. you were mentioning right now about uh, your limited space and trying to get people to into the think experience. Uh, I was just actually in a, a conversation 
gee, I think it was yesterday, and it was uh, with uh, Darren Bruce. I'm not sure if you're you're familiar with him, but he uh, hosts a a show that's been going for quite some time called the DJ Sessions, and uh, he connects with okay. a lot of DJs from all over the world, and they've come up with something that is called. Um, Oh boy, I'm gonna, I I I really apologize to, to Darren if I say this wrong, but I believe it is called the um, the silent disco. Have you heard of this? Oh yeah, sure. Where people, the silent disco is very interesting. We were experimenting with that too. People connect up their cell phones, they put on their headphones, mm-hmm. and the band plays. Yep. Right, but you're hearing through your headphones, so you don't use any live sound. We were doing, we did tests like that in a 360 degree immersive dome. It's a trip because everybody's listening through headphones, and if you take them off, it's quiet. Yes, yes, <laughs> you yes. Know, nobody's hearing and, anything. And he's working yeah, with so that's, uh, yeah. he's working with multiple techno DJs all at the same time. So it's great because you can bring in uh, parents and children and nephews and, and and people of all different ages, and everybody can tune in to a different artist, and then everybody's kind of dancing and celebrating at the same time, even though they're listening to to different people. Yeah, which is quite interesting. So we yeah, actually, it's interesting. We have them coming up on the show uh, soon, but I wanted to ask you, have you thought about, uh, just because we were talking about the uh, the virtual reality and the Oculus kind of end of things, have you thought yep. about bringing your experience into that full 3D oh, yeah. immersive? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like that's oh, yeah, absolutely. your next step. Oh, yeah, there's no question. We're already in the middle of that right now, actually, which will be tied to the the whole show. We're, we're going to get ready. We're getting ready to launch a series of shows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're, we're, my business partners are out of that space, right? So there's varieties of technologies we're looking at in that where we can deliver across, you know, it's like build once, distribute many. So you're going to want to go to all different places. And there's no question that this jolt of COVID is driving VR like crazy right now. Yeah. Right. Because it was running slow. People were taking it home, but now people are sitting home buying Oculus Rifts. They're starting to get into it. And, you know, the most important thing is the horsepower to deliver a great experience is is getting there now yes like yeah. you know that was always the problem because i remember i was doing vr back in in uh 92 93 and everybody <laughs> said it's coming it's going to be the biggest thing yeah. right yeah the everything was by cubic and we didn't have <laughs> yeah the problem is we didn't have any enough horsepower in the devices yeah and the user behavior in place and so i think that's definitely <laughs> this virtual right boy now. is burning my retina <laughs> <laughs> I can feel <Yeah>. the fire. <laughs> you know, it's really funny, exactly. because, you know, because we were talking about, uh, you know, being around at the beginning of this technological shift. And, and uh, it's true. I remember when that first VR came out and and even though graphically nowadays, when I look back and review it, it, it was absolutely horrible but it blew my mind in the time and and uh you know when you think about you know computers that used to be the size of a refrigerator and that was nothing compared to the size it used to be it took a warehouse and a cooling system to to deal with and now we carry cell phones in the back of our hands and virtual reality on our head that are completely cordless it's just absolutely amazing where technology has oh, yeah. gone but now to be able to integrate integrate that um the musical experience into it i mean you could pay for a concert ticket have front row seating and it just be virtual reality and just as good and you don't have to worry about sweaty people bumping neck next to you <laughs> yeah 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 but no mask no mask required yeah yeah no masks um, no mask no i was mask. just watching no a video mask. today and apparently hp yep. valve and microsoft uh they just coordinated on a headset called the reverb g2 Okay. And it has 4K per eye oh, resolution. Wow. And this guy was reviewing it. He's got an early release sample. 
And he was saying the fidelity is so clear. It's finally the first time that like, like it looks like it looks real. You don't get any blur. You don't get any, uh, aliasing. Like Mm -hmm. it's just absolutely crystal clear VR. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm so excited to to check this headset out. I I hadn't even heard about it until today. So yeah, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Like I said, this is accelerating everything like five years. We've moved fast. Yeah. It's like all these things and now everybody's getting used. I mean, look at Zoom. I think they said Zoom is a sixty billion dollar company now. I mean, I can stupid. If, For if, six billion, I mean it's like something it's massive. <laughs> if they can only get Crazy. their video not to chop and when every time someone else cuts each other off, I would be sold. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part of all this. Yeah, you know, the hard part is it's all that audio muxing, right? Yeah. You're trying to mix audio and leave all those microphones open and shutting them down it's a very complex problem it's amazing it works as well as it does i have to say yeah yeah. but this is all going to get better for sure i mean within a year you're going to see all this stuff and other companies are coming up and there's some other technologies and you know i mean i think innovation is like on fire i mean we were just getting ready to experiment with a company which is trippy um, uh, a friend of mine who's a big venture capitalist they just put 10 million dollars into this company and basically their shoes you put on and it turns you into a speaker oh get out and it's what? like we were going to take yeah we were going to get uh, 400 pairs and put our audience in them at our dome shows and stuff uh it's just it's i have not seen it or heard it or whatever uh, but it's supposed to leave says once you listen to music like this and you experience it he says you will never go back oh my god i have so to see i this. was you know there's some new things that are basically coming out that are going to be mind-boggling uh for people so we're, we're moving into the experience you know experiential play you know that's where the money is yeah. that's where the dollars are uh like i said you can't sell music anymore so for artists you know, music, it's not streaming yeah. from, for 99% of the art or 98% of the artists. Cause, you know, to make $5,000 on a stream, you got to, on a song and a stream, you got to get a million streams and wow. a million streams. There's only three to 4% of all the Spotify catalog that has a million streams. So all yeah. of other people aren't even making five grand. So <laughs> it's a rough, the cool. streaming market's rough for money. So it's really using all that music and all that piece of it is really a, it's a hook to get people into selling and buying other product, you know, for you to sell other products, experiences and things that people will actually pay for. And they will pay for an experience. Yeah. yeah. We've already seen that. The data is incredible on experience based stuff. We just finished playing 40 shows that were pretty much sold out in a 360 degree immersive dome. And we were averaging 80 bucks a ticket. Yeah. Yeah, so, that, that's nothing. You know, 500, I, I would, 500 people at a time. Yeah. It's, you know, so it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I wouldn't even think about dropping $80 yeah. to have a 360 degree of experience, especially a musical experience like that. That would just, it's my Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. You're laying on these beds and you're connected to the music shit. It's like, whoa, it's like trippy. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we, and what's funny, we had some of these, the, the main beds that were connected up, those were 300 bucks and those sold out in a minute. Those were the first things that sold out. People want an experience because we have so much media now. I mean, it's like guys are selling, sending me records and albums and things. And it's like, I can't take any more media. Please stop. Right? <laughs> I've got more records, more albums, more things that I could possibly take. Yep. And, uh, you know, the question is, is where do, where will I put my time and effort right now? So that's, that's basically for it. Sure, for sure. You know what? Uh, 160 yep. bucks a ticket and the band gets naked. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. They come down and lay on. They come down and lay on the beds with you. Oh boy! 
Oh, yeah, now that's an experience. Right? I, I, I can only just imagine the person who turns around and says they want Mick Jagger in there. And it's like, oh, Mick Jagger nowadays would not be. Well, but they put their VR glasses on. They lay on the bed, they put the VR glasses on, and then. And Mick comes and snuggles up with you. As long as Mick in the VR version looks like he did back in like the 70s as opposed to now. It's young Mick. Yeah. You get young Mick. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Well, Scott, I got to tell perhaps you. Perhaps when he's laying there with you, you're feeling him. You're going, wait, he's not quite as firm as he was when he was younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so flabby. What's that little gut? Oh yeah. my god. They they get they get to see Mick's lips and they take off the glasses and and, and it's Steven Tyler sitting next to them. <laughs> with, with, with every ticket we send you a giant you pillow go. filled with there pudding and that's what you get to snuggle yeah, with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. Well Scott, I, I know you are again as you are short for time, so uh we do have to, yep. to end this show very, very sadly. I've got so many more questions. I wish we had hours. Uh do you have any uh well, let's social do it again? hundred uh, percent. I, I wouldn't even hesitate. You yeah. you are Anytime. welcome. Just let Eileen know, man, I'm happy. I love talking to you guys. Oh, it'll it, be fun. Yeah, there's a lot of things we can get into. Yes, for sure. I, I, there's so many questions that we haven't even had a touch, chance to touch base on. So uh, in the meantime, how would you like to uh, pitch any social medias, uh, anything you're working on? that? Uh... Yeah, you know, you can find out about Think Experience. Just go to Google and type in Think EXP. Mm-hmm. Think EXP, and you'll see there'll be tons of videos on our things, interviews, all that kind of stuff. And that'll get you to all of our social. And then my all my social is I-A-M Scott Page, S-C-O-T-T. P-A-G-E. I am Scott Page, which I am Scott Page. Uh, that's it. You just go in that. You can find me. And, you know, if you Google me and you'll find me and you can find all my social from there. Excellent. Well, I mean, this experience has got us Googling all over your Facebook. So it's uh, <laughs> we, we're, all definitely, right. we're, we're definitely going to make sure that uh, for the listeners who are on the road right now, we will post that up on our website under our guest page. Look up for Scott Great. Page and we will make sure that all his connections are right there. Scott, I can't thank you enough for uh, you know, spending some time on the show. Uh, I, again, we will definitely have you back in a heartbeat. We, we really appreciate your time. Great. Yeah, Love thanks, it, man. Thank you, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Well, a lot of fun. And I'm really very thankful to be on your show. Thank you very much. Well, we, we definitely have got some 20 questions for you next time. So have yourself a great day, and we <laughs> will see you it. soon. <laughs> Excellent. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. So this is a good time for us to pitch our social media. You could get us on our website. Thefap.ca. On uh, Twitter. Is thefap4. You can get us on Instagram. Is the Fab Podcast? Don't forget our Facebook, the Freaking Awesome Podcast, and uh, you can always reach out via email, the Fab Podcast at gmail.com.
I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pocket. Ah, uh, uh, not again. Wicked sweet. <laughs>